before we start the message, I need. To, we're going to do a bit of a poll um, regarding our, my my preaching chair, and so the, the question is, and it's going to be done by a show of hands. Tell. I want a show of hands if you believe that the chair travels to a different site every week. Hands up if you think it travels. Hands up if you think the chair, we green screen every week. Sam, you may have the pleasure of answering the question. Someone could be blowing my hair. So. Um, also, uh, okay, just a, a, another pop quiz. Who can tell me the locations we've had? Now, if, if, if you've talked to me and I've told you it was here, you can't answer the question, okay? So where was the... Uh, what locations? Any guesses? Tony, what's your answer? You saw us carrying... <laughs> at the school. So we, our, our kitchen scene was at Delmont Christian College. Glendale Sports Centre. That was a hot, hot, hot day. Did Lake Macquarie, about on Lake Macquarie? <laughs> Crowders Bay. That's that, you'd recognise that. Yeah. Okay, Riverside. Any guesses? Do you guys know? You're here for the first service. Huey. Anyone? Where was it? No, no. Where was it here? Do you remember? Crockle, Crockle, Crockle Creek, Crockle Creek at the back of Edgeworth. Yeah, and so um, that's anyway. That's what we've been doing, and uh, that's not going to happen every week. Um, but we'll takes a lot of effort there, Fiona. So now I'm not. Gonna, I've got a tr- got a message to share. All right. If you're wondering where my pulpit's gone, it's broken. I can't say. Youth, 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 youth. <laughs> but how good is it that our youth's been going and uh, the, the youth have got to break things. That's what they do. Is that right, Andre? Is that their uh, job description, break things? And the holes in the walls. Thank you, youth. So uh, <laughs> that's right. Okay, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to try to get through this message. So, Lord, I thank you that we can meet together. I thank you that you are here with us, whether we're in this building or at home or just watching online. And Lord, I just thank you for the time we've had to celebrate you and to celebrate this thing called Church Family, Hunter Christian Church. And Lord, I just pray that you'll just, as I share this rest of this message, Lord, that, that your spirit will just work and speak to us in Jesus' name. Okay. So as I said um, before, I'm, ex- I'm glad that we've had 150 people gathering in homes across our city uh, doing church together because that's where we grow together in small groups and talk and pray and encourage one another. I'm, I'm probably as excited about the stuff I'm wanting to share um, because I really believe that our world is, is, we're at risk in some ways. We're not fearful about this, but, um, but I do think that Jesus is calling us into walk at his pace. We talked about the, 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 what would Jesus do. I want to talk about how would Jesus walk. I want to talk about walking with the pace of Jesus through the challenges of life. 
And so we've talked about being an apprentice of Jesus. That's a concept I, it's not my concept. I've, I've picked it up. I've stole it from someone. Uh, I didn't steal it. I just used it. Um, an apprentice of Jesus. And we talk, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian or whatever you are. But in the end, we are called to be an apprentice of Jesus. An apprentice would, um, would, would, would watch their, their master. They would learn the tools of the trade and they would learn it. They would do it. Ultimately, that they'd become the tradesman that the master was. And so that's what apprenticeship to Jesus really is. And one of the problems I think we face today, and I've, I've just a bit of a summary, um, and I think it's more dangerous than the pandemic, uh, is this thing called hurry. It's this, this, and I shared with our staff over this week that a devotional that I've, I've just finished, or we took the staff through, uh, by John Mark Comer. It's on your U Bible if you want to do a five-day devotional. Um, it's called the relentless, the ruthless elimination of hurry. That's the uh, um, Bible reading plan. But we learned that hurry, you, you, you can't love, really love someone, and be hurried. Any relationship takes time. Relationship with your your friends, relationship with your with your spouse, a relationship with your dog, whatever it is, uh, it all takes time. And you know what? We we can hurry through that, and 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 you can't hurry love. Someone wrote a song about that. Um, hurry is also incompatible with joy. You know, the thing that gets robbed is your peace. And hurry is incompatible with peace. And so uh, I want you to, the, the world we live in is causing us to be hurried. I don't know if you, anyone else sense this? Anyone else feel that we're living in a, a world that's a little bit pushy, a little bit high speed, a little bit fast? And, uh, and one of the, the scene that I sat at the side of the river up at Cockle Creek, up at Edgeworth, it was that um, I just I felt the Lord say to me that, look, we're in a fast-flowing stream, and I didn't want to drive up to the Barrington Tops and to get a nice photo of a river with rapids. We just went as close as we could get. But I really believe we are, the church globally, in a, in a fast-flowing river, and, and, and there's snags and there's rapids and there's all sorts of stuff that culture is doing to us. And I just think, I was just sharing with Mark over lunch uh, this week, you know, that I just think that, that, it's dangerous. It's un- there's, there's things that can come up that are affecting us. And I've seen this. I've seen this in marriages. I've seen this in, in families. I've seen them getting smashed and stretched and this thing called busyness and hurry and technology and all this type of stuff is really putting incredible pressure on our lives. Anyone else sensing that? You, you know that. You can feel that. You may not be able to articulate it. And so I believe that this type of speed is not sustainable. And... Um, I really believe, that when then COVID came along, and COVID just flipped the whole world upside down. And, and, and so we, everything had to stop, and we all sort of were grateful that we stopped, but we started again, and we're just going just as fast as we were before. And so I do think that um, God is giving us an opportunity here to really stop and slow down and realign our hearts, to realign our, our thinking to Him and to what it really means to be a follower, a disciple, or to be an apprentice of Jesus. And so um, a few weeks ago, I felt the Lord encouraged me, it's time to swim, not out of the river, but swim to the side of the river, you know, where, where the water does flow slower. And uh, I know Andrew was praying for me the other day and just praying that on the sides of the river are the little eddies that, that the water comes and just settles and there's still water and there's a whole range of beauty that comes as we slow down and find the peace of Jesus in the midst of this river, because we're, we're called to be in this world, but not of this world. And so I'm not saying let's, uh, let's burn our mobile phones and let's turn our power off. I'm not saying let's remove ourselves from this world. We're not called to do that. 
We're called to be salt and light in this world. But I do think we've got to slow down and adjust some things a little bit. Well, I do. I don't know about you. Um, and so the verse we've been working with is an invitation that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And Jesus says, this is an invitation to each one of us. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Who, want, who needs that? Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You know, I identified already that uh, in the weeks, sometimes my messages have spoken, that the yoke isn't just, an, yes, it is an agricultural term talking about two oxen being yoked together, but the yoke also, the yoke of a rabbi is the teaching of a rabbi, it's the way of life of a rabbi, it's how we do things. And, uh, and so Jesus is saying, you know what? come to me yes yes yoke yourself to me connect yourself to me but my way of doing life is better friends jesus's way of doing life is better than what we can even try to ever try to construct for ourselves and so this invitation jesus gives us is to, to follow him not like following him on facebook or instagram or, or whatever else we may follow him on how many i don't know how many facebook friends you've got but not many of them are, are real friends not many of them I'm actually spending time with, getting to know, walking with, talking with, hanging out with. And so when Jesus calls us to follow him, it's not a casual relationship that we have with him. He calls us to come to him, he calls us to follow him, he calls us to be with him, and he calls us to become like him. And, uh, and this type of, and so this is the journey I really feel God's calling me and us as a church into, is to really discovering what discipleship, what apprenticeship, who, who Jesus is. I'm, I'm so excited about this journey. It's going to be challenging for me, but I'm really excited that we are, as a church are going to be discovering what it is to become and be like Jesus. And so um, if you've missed these satellite services, I would encourage you, they're 20-minute podcast. Hop online to our website or to our, you can subscribe to our podcast. We do have podcasts um, and you can catch up on where we're at in this journey of being being like Jesus, walking in the way of Jesus. And so um, last week we started exploring this theme of being with Jesus. And the first disciples had it easy. The first disciples had Jesus. The first disciples could simply just rock up and say, Jesus, I'm thinking about this. What do you reckon? Um, and so they had access to the physical Jesus. Now, we don't. Um, but with these the, the first disciples, they only had him for three years. They only had access to Jesus for three years. And most of the time, the disciples really didn't have a clue what was going on. They were a little bit, a little bit thick in some ways. Um, but they got it in the end. The disciples, after Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, it's very different for the disciples as they're trying to figure out what this rabbi is teaching. And so as Jesus was heading toward the cross, he knew he was going to leave his disciples. So he tells his disciples in, Matthew, in John chapter 16, he says, you know what, if in fact, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the whole, the, the advocate, the whole, well, John will go on to say the advocate is the Holy Spirit. If I don't go away, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying to the disciples, I know you want access to me. Great. Uh, you'd like to hang out with me all the time. But that's not going to happen because I need to go. But when I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you my very presence to be with you. And so we've been talking about being with Jesus. We can't physically do it but we're learning to walk in a greater awareness of the fact that He is with us. He is with us wherever we go. And the problem we have is theologically we say, yeah, Jesus is with me, I know He's omnipresent, but the reality is He might be with us, but often we're elsewhere. 
they're doing something else. They're Googling, we're emailing, we're sending a text, we're, we're playing um, games, we're reading a book, we're watching Netflix, we're doing the gardening. We, 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 do, we can so easily miss Jesus. He's with us, but we're not with him. If especially we're talking about digital distraction, we're talking about all the stuff that consumes us instead of being consumed by God. And so um, I do think that we, in this world we're living in, I've been here for 50-odd years, or just 50, that's exactly 50 years, um, and, uh, you know, in my life, I think I've probably, and I've been a Christian for most of those years, but I think I've developed some unhealthy habits in my Christianity. I think my understanding of, of Christianity has become a little bit convenient. I think my, my experience of God has been conditional, really my own condition, the way I want it, and I just think that's different to what Jesus' disciples experienced. And so I think that I'm on a journey where I need to unlearn some of my bad habits. And something, I've, I'll say this a number of times in this message, this message is not intended, hopefully won't come across at all like a guilt trip for anyone. Um, I really think that God is calling all of us. We do need to make some adjustments. Or we may need to make, you might have it all worked out. If that's the case, you can take the microphone and I'll sit down. Um, but I think we're all on a journey trying to figure out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And in, in Newcastle, in 2020, with all the phones and technology, and that, how do we do that together? And the challenge is how are we going to swim together to the side of the river? Because it comes by coming to Jesus. And um, Brother Lawrence, who I introduced you to last week, uh, he was a, in a monastery in the 15th century. And he wrote articles and he talked about this thing called practicing the presence of God. And he understood what it meant to be at six o'clock in the morning, he's praying and participating in the sacraments, which is participating in the body of Je and blood of Jesus, having intimate relationship with Jesus in, at six in the morning. But he was also a cook and a dishwasher and a sandal repairer. And he also understood in the midst of the hustle and bustle and clutter, you can still find Jesus. So I wanna, you, you might be feeling busy, you may be feeling got too much going on. Let me tell you, you can find Jesus exactly with you they, at, at that time. I know um, the story of, of Jacob in the Old Testament. He, he has this encounter with God and he goes, he, he says, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't aware of it. You know, and same thing can happen with us. We can be so busy, caught up doing a whole heap of stuff. The Lord's here. We've just got to shift our awareness. But that takes practice. It takes unlearning and it takes time for us. It's not going to happen by accident. And so um, in the weeks ahead, we're going to look at what Jesus did, how Jesus walked, what were some of Jesus' practices? What, you know, Jesus, he, he rested, he, he fasted, he prayed, he, he read scripture, he spent time with his dad. Um, we'll talk about that later. And so as we talk about this in the weeks ahead, I'm, it's not a to-do list. I don't want people thinking you've got to do all these things to be loved by Jesus. N not at all. I just think there's some practices that we can do to become like him. And so in the few minutes that I have left here, I want to talk about how practically, hopefully, how we can be a bit more with Jesus. And the illustration I used this morning, I was going to chop a branch off my orange tree this morning, um, which I don't think Ali would have appreciated. So I wanted everyone to pretend I've got a branch of an olive, uh, of a, of a orange tree in my hand. Okay, question for you. Can that branch produce fruit? Cook, yeah, why not? Wendy, why, why can't this branch that I'm holding my hand produce fruit? Exactly. What did you say? It's not real. Yeah, that's... 
But, but here we see a very simple lesson, yeah, a, a branch. And Jesus spent a lot of time uh, in, in John talking about being abiding and connecting to the vine. But for an apple to produce a, a Granny Smith, it doesn't need to get up, got to produce Granny Smith, got to, got to do Granny, got to do Granny, got to do a Jonathan, uh, a Kenzie, a Jazz, uh, a Red Delicious, Pink Lady. What's your favorite apple, Fiona? Jazz. Any, an apple doesn't need to think about that. An apple just, the apple branch doesn't need to think about that. An apple branch just needs to not fall off. And that apple branch just needs to remain connected. And um, Paul picks up this theme of fruitfulness in Galatians chapter 5, talking about the Holy Spirit. It says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's a song. I'm sure Barb knows that song. Um, it's, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that produces fruit in our lives. It's not us trying any harder. I can't, I can't try. I mean, I could try. I could try to love. I could fake loving. I could, I could, I could try to be patient. I, I could try to be kinder. But ultimately, unless it's the work of the Holy Spirit in me, I'm just doing an external thing to, and it's, it's limited my external efforts. And so, in fact, when Paul writes this, you know, there's, he's not commanding us to, to produce this stuff. Later on, he will command us. He would say, we can walk in the Spirit. He tells us what to do. How do we produce fruit? We walk in the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. We remain in step with the Spirit. We re remain connected to Jesus. And so, we remain abiding with Jesus. And so, I'm sure most of us would say, Mark, I agree with you. We all need to remain connected to Jesus. True, everyone agrees that the orange branch needs to stay connected to the orange tree to produce an orange. True? Okay, we can all agree with that. The problem is, in our world, we can get too easily distracted. Our satellite group talked about this last week. It's too easy to get distracted, especially, especially in this digital Netflix, always on demand world. Too easy to get distracted. And so... So how then do we, ex how do we experience the rest and peace that Jesus offers? And um, I believe that we can't really experience the life that Jesus offers without considering the lifestyle that Jesus lived. That we can't experience the life of Jesus without considering the lifestyle that Jesus lived. Now, you may be here, any soccer player, I got this, didn't do so well this first service with this one. Any soccer players here? Okay, Alex. Ex-soccer, a long time ago, Wayne. Okay, but people may want to be a soccer player like Messi or, or a cricket player like Donald Bradman. They want, they, they want the life of these, of these exceptional sports people, but they're not prepared for the lifestyle of getting up early and training and practicing and failing and training and practicing and failing. They want the life but not the lifestyle. Or maybe you want to play the guitar like Eric Clapton. Who do you want to play the guitar like, Shannon? Who's your favourite guitarist? Joe. <laughs> Mike. Who's a famous trombone player? Everyone knows Christian Limbert. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, how much, how much, you may want to play the trombone like, it is a trombone, isn't it? <laughs> Just check it. You may want to play. You may want to play that like. Anyone want to play it like Mike? Okay. If I just gave it to you, would you do a good job? How would they go, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, work with me. Work with me. <laughs> That'd make a sound. But you've done some training. You've done some practice. 
44 years. <laughs> I was going to say. But um, <laughs> what I'm saying is we can want the life and not prepared for the lifestyle. We can want the outcome but not prepared for the, the input. If you're, if you're a business person, you would, you, you'd talk about your, your business is the outcome of the systems that you have in place. And on the whole, our life is the product of our systems. Your life, whether you like it or not, is a product of your practices. Now, I know there's extremities to this. this I don't want anyone feeling bad. You know, if, if it's a health issue or, or a circumstance issue, sometimes the best practices aren't... Well, I, I get that, so please don't come and stone me later. I understand there are some very real challenges that no matter how hard you may... Trying's not, I'm trying to get the word try out of my language because it's not about trying. It's not about trying, it's about abiding. It's about remaining. Remember that, that orange tree doesn't need to try hard. It just needs to remain connected. And so it's not about trying, it's about abiding and remaining in Jesus. But, you know, it's hard sometimes and it doesn't work sometimes. And look at our spiritual lives. Um, that's also determined by us, our, our practices. So without being you know, hard on yourself, <coughs> are you happy with the fruit you're producing? If you look at the, the product, the produce of your life, are you, are you happy with the produce of your life? Have, and if you're, if you're, have you ever considered that perhaps the produce is somewhat determined by the systems or the practices or what you do or how you live, the lifestyle? You know, it's, it's important for us to believe the right things, and it's essential we believe the right things about God, about our identity. But I think our beliefs need to influence our activities. Our beliefs need to influence our, our approach to God. Our beliefs need to influence what we do, how we live, our lifestyle. Now, let's go back to Jesus for a second, because that's a good place to go when you get stuck, Jesus. Jesus, if you read through the Gospels, he had a pretty good lifestyle. He, I was going to say, pretty good. in the end he was crucified, so let's not get too caught up with that. But he lived a pretty unhurried life. He didn't seem to be rushing. He didn't seem to be stressed out. He didn't seem to be um, queuing up at the marketplace for the, for the latest iPhone or the biggest TV. He, he wasn't there trying to get more stuff, do more stuff. He, in fact, Jesus spent time with family, with friends, He'd enjoy, a, he'd enjoy just at, at a wedding, relaxing. <coughs> Jesus knew when to get away by himself and with his heavenly father. Jesus enjoyed a good nap. And I know a couple of, couple of people this morning service enjoyed a good nap. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. It was a short service. I can't get any shorter. So um, Jesus enjoyed a good nap. So that's the reason they can give me. They, well, Jesus enjoyed a good nap. <coughs> Jesus also set time regularly to, to, to be with the Father and worship and in the, in the temple and the, the Jewish Sabbath is what Jesus really connected to. Um, Jesus lived very simply. I didn't see, Jesus wouldn't be at the Aldi queue for the latest super buy or the whatever special buy is on that week. He lived a pretty simple life. He didn't look at or, and want everything. And as I read the Gospels, I discover something that Jesus, he was at peace. He didn't seem stressed out by that. He didn't seem worried that, that, that someone else said something and they were doing something else. They were going on holiday. And Jesus wasn't consumed by the, what we can so easily get consumed by. I'm not saying those things are wrong at all. 
In fact, I had to get someone to go to an Aldi special buy for us to buy a fridge. Thank you, Andrew and Julie. Um, <laughs> we went around. So I'm just saying those things aren't wrong. I'm just thinking Jesus wasn't consumed by those things. Um, he was consumed and committed to his father. And as I read through the gospel, the seems is at peace. And I know life in the first century is different to life in the 21st century. But uh, I think if Jesus was here today, I think he would have the same lifestyle. It would change a bit. He'd probably have some sort of phone. I've got no idea. But, but I think his values, his priorities would be the same. They wouldn't change. And so um, we live in a very busy world. We're consumed largely by our screens, our smartphones, our emails, our texts, our reminders, our to-do lists. Even uh, Reverend Dan's got a smartphone. Very smart. <laughs> Do you know what? In the, in the USA, they did a study. The average American touches their smartphone, average American touches their smartphone 2,617 times a day. Just touching. Not, uh, they, they, don't, they, don't open, they, they, they swipe it open 160 times a day to do something with it. That's a lot of touching. It's a lot of distraction. A, beep, a, a message comes up, a text comes in, an appointment comes. They're all, I'm not saying let's get rid of smartphones. I'm just, saying, I'm just showing you some statistics. They, they spend two hours and 51 minutes a day on their device. Two hours, 50, almost three hours a day on their device. The average family time of one-on-one -on -one relationship is only 45 minutes in a family. In America, 57% say since COVID came, they spend an extra hour a day on their screens. They watch 2.7 hours a day on Netflix or TV. That's no, no, what, can, can you see why people are stressed and busy and hurried and, 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 and cluttered? And can, can you understand why they may be struggling? Just a thought. Sleepless, restless. So we do live in this busy world. Perhaps we're buying more than we need. Perhaps we're not getting enough sleep. Perhaps we're cramming more into our calendar than we actually physically should. Our family planners, maybe we've got too many commitments. Maybe too many commitments keep us away from what's really important with our connection with God and family. And I said earlier, I'm not beating up on anyone. I'm beating up on me because I, I'm as prey to all of these things as any of us are. And so then are we surprised then? If this is the world we live in, if this is the river that we're swimming in, if this is the culture that we're part of, are we surprised then that we're not experiencing the peace that Jesus has? Obviously, remember, peace isn't something we can produce. We can't, you cannot produce more peace. You cannot have a decision today, to-do list number one, make more peace. Not going to happen. Peace is something that the Holy Spirit produces in us when we remain connected to Jesus. So it's when we start to align our values with Jesus' values. When we start to align our lifestyle with Jesus' lifestyle, when we start to walk the pace that Jesus walked, when we start to uh, align our, 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 I've said values, lifestyle, priorities, those three will do. We start our lives, adjust our lives to Jesus' life. And do you know what happens when we start to align ourselves? When we start to walk His way? Have a guess what happens. The thing we're looking for peace pops out of our branch all of a sudden the holy spirit because we're aligning ourselves and being with jesus through his holy spirit all of a sudden the things that we are not all of a sudden actually takes time but what we discover is god works on the inside the holy spirit works on the inside and 
and all of a sudden we find ourselves more peaceful and more restful and more joyful. We're not making it happen. It's the Holy Spirit at work in us because we're just spending time. We're just being with him. And so I've got a quote as I start to close here. Dallas Willard said this. He said, The general human failing is to want what is right and important. So that's not bad in itself. We all want what is right and important. We want good health, yes? We want time with our family, time with our friends. We want a good exercise. We all want that, true? Dallas would say the, the pr general failing with humans is we want the right thing, but at the same time we're not able to commit to the lifestyle to produce it. We want the life without the lifestyle. We have so many good intentions. We have so many failed New Year's resolutions. But most of us, most me, I've failed to, as much as I'd like to, put into place the lifestyle or the practices or the systems or the uh, things I would do well to produce the outcome that I want. And so the key to having the life of Jesus is found by embracing the lifestyle of Jesus. And I believe that's what he's asking us to do. I think that's what discipleship is. Discipleship just isn't reading the red letters and the Sermon on the Mount and just doing what he tells us to do. That's not discipleship. Discipleship is actually be being with him, becoming like him, and ultimately to learn from him and learn his unforced rhythms of grace and learn how we can take his, we can take his peace and his hope into our schools, into our universities, into wherever we go. And so I want to invite all of you to swim to the side of the river with me. Are you, I'm not going to ask anyone to put your togs on and hop in, but I think wherever you're at, you've got to make that call. Where are you at in your spiritual journey? Are you, are you caught up in this fast-flowing stream? I am. Sometimes I'm in and out of the stream. The invitation from Jesus is to come to him. The invitation is to come aside with him. That's the first one, come and be with me. And so as a church, I'd love us to start swimming together to the side of the stream and we're going to learn what it's like to actually be with Jesus and experience the peace and the love and the joy and the fruitfulness that he has for us. That's our destination. That destination is not found in the middle of the river. It's not found in the middle of culture swimming just to survive, just hoping you're going to get through this day, this week, this month. I think it's time for us to really come closer to him. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to slowing down a little bit. I'm looking forward to my heart aligning with his heart a bit more. And um, I'm committed to do that. I said to our church before, you know, I want you to consider, uh, how do I say this? I'm probably not doing as well as you think I am. You might think, well, you're the pastor, you've got this all worked out. I don't. I haven't got a clue. All I do know is what I've been doing to this point, the systems, the practices, all of that hasn't really produced the fruitfulness and the life and the rest and the peace that I think he has for me. I haven't got to run. Don't, don't, don't sack me, um, <laughs> elders. So, just saying. But I'm just identifying, you know what, I think at to this point, all the systems and behavior, all that is great, but I just think there's more for me and I'm sure there's more for you. And so that's the journey I want to go on, and that's the one I invite you to, to come and join us. We're going we're gonna to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to try things and fail. But I think the goal, the destination, has got to be Jesus. And that's what I want to do.
So um, I'm going to ask you all to stand with me and we're going to close in prayer. So Father God, I just thank you that we can gather as a family in our two different services, but Lord, we're here because we are committed to you and we're committed to your family and we are committed to your call and your purpose. And Lord, I know I've spoken and I've, I've messed things up and I haven't said things the way I'd like to have said them and Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit, I know that your Holy Spirit's already at work, and I, I pray the truth of your invitation for each of us will resonate in our hearts. Lord, that, that something will, will trigger in our hearts that, um, call, that we can sense and hear your calling, that whisper, that, that invitation that you give us to come to you. And Lord, I thank you that it's not about striving, it's not about trying harder, it's not about doing more, it's not about quoting scripture more, it's about nothing except being with you. And Lord, I pray you help us in the weeks and months ahead as a journey, as we together as a church try to figure this out, try to figure out what discipleship or apprenticeship looks like in Newcastle or wherever we live. And so Lord, we, we ask you for your help and uh, we look forward to spending more time with you and receiving the peace that you promised to give us. And, we, and help us, Lord, to then to be able to show others around us how to receive that peace. And we ask this in your precious name.